guys the pop cornet it's been a long time but uh i'm finally back guys um i've been doing a lot of youtube content that's why i've been mia um you could check me out on youtube um under the same thing pop cornet um i've been doing individual movie reviews and you know just talking about stuff in general so uh go ahead and hit up youtube and make sure you subscribe but anyways uh this episode is about mandy I'm not really sure if a lot of you guys heard about this film. This film is like coasting under the radar and is slowly developing a cult following. And it's a really great film. And uh, I want to discuss it today with uh, Andy Morrell. Um, this film is directed by Panos Cosmatos. I'm pretty sure I butchered his name, but uh, that's as close as it gets for me. And it, uh, it stars Nicolas Cage as the leading um, protagonist. He's uh, Red Miller. And I would say this film is an 80s fantasy revenge film on LSD. <laughs> it <laughs> is definitely a trip. And uh, a lot of the notes that I took while I was watching this movie was trip, trip, trippy. But uh, anyways, let's get into it. And I'm going to introduce the guest today, Andy Morat. I mean, Andy Morris. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How are you? I'm, I'm like 0 for 5 for butcher names. <laughs> Andy Morris, what's good, man? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, so me and Andy, uh, we've been conversating on Twitter for a couple of months now, and, uh, he's a movie lover as, as well, and I'm going to let you get to know, uh, him a little bit. He's going to introduce his pod. So, uh, Andy, what's the name of your pod? Yeah. So, uh, my friend and I host a podcast, um, a comedy podcast about online dating where we convince our friends to let us have control of our online dating profiles. Uh, it's called No Experience Needed. Uh, you can find it anywhere you get podcasts. That's very unique. How did that come about? So we were, it was at work, uh, kind of a funny story. So we were sitting there and one of our friends was like, and I think Tinder's broken. Like I never get any matches. And my really good friend and I both have been married for a while, missed online dating. And we're like, we could do this so much better than you could. And he's like, why don't you try and it was always just kind of this funny idea. And so we decided to uh, make it a podcast. And so we just wrapped season one. Uh, we did nine episodes, nine or 10 episodes where we had a very, very, what I thought was a low goal of he had to go on a date three times with somebody that we matched him with. And we eventually hit that. So we're working on season two now where we have flipped it a little bit. And instead of a bachelor on season two, we have a bachelorette which has been really interesting so far. Cool. I'm at the binge that. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm huge on Twitter, which is where we met. So if you live to it and like it, uh, let me know. Or if you don't, we've only had one piece of hate so far, so that's okay. Gotta have hate mail every now and then. Keep Got to, yeah. <laughs> um, where can we find the podcast? Yeah, so podcast, anywhere that you get it, you can search No Experience Needed. It's under the kind of larger umbrella of moralebros.com, which is our website, what hosts our podcast. So um, the website has a ton of cool stuff about, you know, movies and kind of pop culture and uh, some comedy stuff we're working on, Saturday Night Live reviews right now uh, since the season just started. But you'll find a lot of cool stuff on there, a lot of my conspiracy theories about what's going on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
Uh, and then you'll also find the online dating podcast. Sweet. Definitely going to check it out, checking that out after the show and binging your show. <laughs> awesome, man. Appreciate it. Um, so Andy, um, when I heard about Ma- uh, Mandy, it was kind of like through the grapevine. Like I've been on YouTube. I follow a lot of movie critics. Yeah. And they've been talking about this film for a couple of weeks now. I've never seen a trailer in theaters. I never heard about this coming Dang. out. So I kind of had to find it on my own and I ended up streaming it online. Okay. Um, so my question for you is, uh, how did you hear about this and where did you go see it at? Yeah, so I'm a huge Nick Cage fan, uh, despite his many, many faults. I think the guy's fascinating. And so a friend of mine and I sought it out. And we're in Austin, and there's a huge movie chain in Austin called The Alamo. And it's a, like a restaurant, like a dining theater. So we sat down. We were just like really excited for this movie to start. There was a lady next to us. She was probably in her mid-40s. And she had three beers before the movie started and then ordered two more once it started. <laughs> and I knew I was in, like, the right place with the right crowd. Uh, and I think if you get the chance, the movie's still kind of floating out there. Uh, at the very least, watch it with some friends, if not in an, with an audience. Because I think what you said is perfectly correct. I, I felt like I was high throughout a lot of the movie. Um and I think that's on purpose. But this lady uh, definitely had a good time. And it was the right type of crowd to watch a Nicolas Cage movie with. That's awesome. Um, so you said you heard of, you already heard of the movie before you sought it out? Or how did you hear about it? I think I, I think I heard about it, you know, on Reddit maybe. Um, okay. I, I can remember seeing the screen cap of Nicolas Cage where he's covered in blood and like grinning at the camera. And before I knew anything about it, I that picture alone just kind of sold me on it. Yeah, you kind of... Um nailed it when you made the uh the mad max comparison um once i saw the image that's the first thing i thought i'm like oh it's kind of like a mad max film so uh thought i'll check it out i thought it was gonna be like post-apocalyptic but that's far from from it's uh, so post- far yeah um i think one of the weird things they do is they they emphasize that it's set in the early 80s mm-hmm. for no really reason other than to kind of justify the t-shirts almost <laughs> like I don't know really why it was important to note that it was in the early 80s. But yeah, I, post-apocalyptic, I, I said that it felt like a Mad Max movie, but it also felt um, like an Evil Dead movie at times. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Um, so let's hop into it. Um, yeah. So I was listening to a lot of interviews today, and one okay. of the things that stood out, when uh, Nicolas Cage was talking to uh, a lot of the critics were the reason why this movie is so good. It was like, because there was no suits involved. And what I mean by no suits involved, it's like nobody's trying to win an Oscar. Nobody's trying to get this like a nominated movie. So there was like no pressure and all the actors were like really relaxed the whole time. And from listening to the interview, they said they really had fun and they wasn't really expecting this to turn into the film that it is. It was just supposed to be like a, you know, like a cult movie because uh, Panos, I, I guess he made a movie called Black Rainbow, which I want to check out. And uh, Nicolas Cage was saying that he watched it and he couldn't sleep after you saw that. So, <laughs> so I, uh, if it's enough to keep Nicolas Cage up at night, then I certainly need to see. It. Yeah, for sure. So I got to I got to like find this movie somewhere online or something. But uh, he said he couldn't sleep. And when he reached out to the director um, to be part of the film, he originally got cast as Jeremiah. Which would have been com- right. which would have been completely weird. I feel like that would have like been a completely different movie if Nicolas Cage wasn't red. 
But uh, I just thought that was cool with the way that they went into it, like, relaxed and, you know, no pressure on and all that good stuff. But uh, when we were talking yeah. about, we were talking about oh, earlier. Sorry. I was just going to say, I think that they made the movie almost, you know, the movie to me felt like two parts. The first half of it is almost like they didn't realize the movie was going to get picked up. Like, they just shot stuff that looked cool. And then the second half goes at, like, 150 miles an hour. And I think the movie... Uh, like you said, it's a really good point. There was no ulterior motive, right? There were, it wasn't an Oscar movie. It wasn't trying to make, you know, a ton of money. It was just a movie to, to kind of have fun and escape. And, um, I thought it was, you know, it's, it's kind of refreshing to be in this world of blockbuster movies and to see all these giant movies than to see something like this, that is slowly gaining an audience over time. And that you you know that with that once again like refreshing like I'm watching this movie, and I'm like it's like a melancholy type feel. It's like yeah. I was in a dream state. And I'm like this is really like relaxing, you know, like completely chill. And uh, I was listening to uh, this one guy on YouTube. He was saying like people walked out at the beginning because they said it fucking sucked. I'm like the first I would say like the first thirty minutes or so are are kind of. Yeah. Um, I read somewhere, and I thought this really was good, that they said it felt like they had used all the footage that they had shot. And so, you know, there were a lot of really cool and pretty scenes. Uh, the movie takes place in the woods, a lot of it. And um, visually, it's really, really interesting. But the, it's, it is slow at the beginning. You're not really sure what's going on. And there's just a lot of Nick Cage-centric dialogue that doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, but to me, that was quickly forgotten uh, once we got past that like thirty minute mark. Yeah, I, I think the first um, half I used the word foggy. Yeah, like, that's you, a great. Yep. You really didn't see where it was going. You didn't see what was what was going into. And I think that was the director's intent, because when uh, I, I guess when we see the images of the guys in the woods, the uh, the bikers, we think they're monsters, but they're not. They're just like fucked up in the head from all this LSD they've been taking. And they yeah, come out it, of nowhere. It's, it's so strange because, like you said, it almost they want you to think that they're supernatural and they're not. You know, they're just like really crazy hillbilly LSD people, um, which I think is really interesting because you know you expect it to go one way and it kind of that's I think a theme of the whole movie is you expect it to go one way and it kind of pivots, you know, throughout. Yeah, then it transitioned into, like, you know, the kidnapping of Mandy. And yep. we uh, get the one-on-one with Jeremiah. What do you think about him? I thought the acting uh, was incredible. Uh, I'm a sucker for... I've always enjoyed the idea of, you know, either true crime books or movies or podcasts and stuff about, like, cults. I think that's a really interesting dynamic. And so I thought he played it really well. It reminded me a little bit of, uh, I'm blanking on the actor's name, but the character in Kill Bill. Yeah. And so he's, the acting's incredible. And, you know, everything revolves around you believing that that guy is a cult leader and has these people that will do whatever he wants. And very quickly that's established that that's indeed the case. Yeah, I got some, like, weird vibes i don't know if you ever seen the movie uh silence of the lamb when it was like yeah puts the lotion on the skin and like he's dancing in a mirror like naked and he has 
I just I just felt like that was the vibe that they were going for. And you're uncomfortable the whole time. Yes, which like, I think uh... you know you need something equally crazy to balance out Nick Cage because he's so over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy did it. This guy made Nick Cage look kind of normal and rational, which I thought was really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, let's hop into Nick Cage actually like the actual performance. Yeah. Like, going into it, it was so hyped up, like, his best performance ever. And I'm like, eh, what's say, But once I saw it, I'm like, I've never seen this man like this before, ever. It was incredible. And I think part of what you said earlier really resonates is, you know, Nicolas Cage has been a Hollywood actor. He's won awards. You know, he's done kind of everything. And um, When I think about him, I think of movies that maybe aren't the most critically acclaimed but are really enjoyable because he's enjoyable. Um, and it's the same with this. He's so over the top and he's so intense. Uh, my favorite scene in the whole movie is there's a, there's a part where they pan to him and he's in some sort of like cave or basement wielding a silver axe yeah. <laughs> with glasses on smoking a cigarette. And that's kind of the moment where you're like, Oh shit, like this is about to take off. Yeah. That was... And to me, you know, I don't know if it's his best performance ever, um, but it, to me, it was really, really enjoyable. Um, I thought he had no restraints and gave us everything. There were scenes where he's angry and scenes where he's sad. Gave you the whole gambit of Nicolas Cage in like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like unchanged. And the thing that stood out when you said that was uh, the bathroom scene when he just was doing complete ape shit. Like, ah! Ah! I was like, wow, like this is and like, it, and, it, and I thought the director did a good job because it lasted longer than it should have. Mm-hmm. Meaning, and you start feeling uncomfortable. You're like, uh, yeah, the whole movie you're uncomfortable, but I mean, he screams into a bottle of vodka in a bathroom for two, three minutes, probably. Um, where most movies you would have seen it for 15, 20 seconds and then it would have cut to something else, right? It was just this, it was almost like they left the camera rolling. And just said, react this way, and they gave us every shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he because picked, it it was uncomfortable. Yeah, he picked a lot of cool uh, cinematic shots too. Like, um, I'm not sure if you remember the, the scene when the the tiger. <laughs> I yeah. was like, I've seen everything. Like, he has a fucking tiger, and like the yeah. the background was like foggy, like you know, like it was a galaxy in the background. And uh, I think someone said that it reminded me of a. Or reminded them of a like an '80s rock album, like uh, yeah. There's the it, cover art for an '80s rock album. Absolutely, yeah. It, the the tiger scene was bonkers because it never you had no idea that that was going to happen, and then all of a sudden there's a character we learn nothing about that Nicolas Cage confronts that has a tiger, and <laughs> you, you just kind of go. I mean, that's the type of movie it is where when I saw the tiger i it didn't really like stand out as weird because the rest of the movie is so bizarre yeah that you're just like of course he has a tiger at like why point, wouldn't why wouldn't he have a tiger? at that point i just laughed i was like i did too <laughs> i was like this guy's a fucking tiger and then another scene i want to say it's my favorite scene but i would never forget it is the chainsaw scene like when they were fucking uh fighting like they had swords with the chainsaws it was, it was who does that that's what really reminded me of Evil Dead. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I love those kind of campy '80s horror movies, and 
uh, the friend of mine I saw the movie with had already seen it. So it was his second time seeing the movie, but he loved it so much. He's like, dude, you got to see this movie with me. And he didn't tell me, and he, he didn't spoil it for me, but he did say, like, there's an incredible, like, fight scene. And when they show up with the chainsaws, I was like, this is insane. Like, this is a choreographed, really good fight scene with chainsaws. It made no sense. Mm-hmm. And this is toward, towards the end of his massacre. Like, he goes on a whole night of just kicking ass. and Yeah, unbelievable. Amazing, man. But I, I totally loved this movie, man. But, yeah, uh, I did too. I thought it was awesome. I thought Nick Cage was awesome. It was, it was really fun. I'm actually surprised that we didn't spoil this movie at all. So anybody that's listening to this pod, please go see that movie. We didn't spoil anything. Like, yeah, the I details that really... we did say, like, if, that's just a, like a little smidgen of what happened in yeah. this film. There's not a real good way to spoil a movie. Like I, I, I can't think of a way to tell. If someone asked me, like, what's the movie about? I don't know what I would say other than, like, Nick Cage and Chainsaw. Yeah, and even what, you, like, even what you do tell them, their experience is their own. They're gonna look at it in their like vision of the moment. Like, yeah. you, you can't even really describe this this movie in words. No, <laughs> it's just you really like can't. a feel. It's just kind. Of, it's just pictures, right? Like. He said the whole reason I wanted to go see it is I saw an article where it was Nick Cage driving a car, turned towards the camera, and he's covered. Every inch of his face, chest, and arms are covered in blood. And I knew nothing about the movie, and I was mm-hmm. like, I have to go see it. Yeah, so many images that you would never forget when you like think no. about this film. No, that, it's, it's, it's and, super cool. And that, for me, like I don't really go into movies expecting a lot, but if I leave and I still remember it weeks later, that is a lot because we're in the age of... Like we we're getting movies like once a week. We're getting TV shows like every single day. Like yeah. there's so many I mean, things that I digest and I forget. And I'm like, uh, but this movie, I saw this movie like two or three weeks ago, and I still remember yep. everything about it. And that that rarely happens in today's. It's age. this, yeah. You're exactly right. Like you know, I probably see two or three movies a week and watch a Netflix show. I mean, you just like you said, you're so bombarded with content that for something to stand out like this did, uh, I think speaks to how original it is and just how utterly insane it is so i would highly recommend it to, to anybody if you're a movie fan uh even if you're not a movie fan go see it because it's you won't see many things like it yeah for sure but uh thanks andy for coming on the pod man i really appreciate it of course anytime um you want to plug your uh your pod and your website one more time yeah uh twitter is just morale bros um follow us there I will always follow people back. And then our podcast is No Experience Needed and our website, moralebros.com, where you can read tons of stuff. Sweet. And uh, I think I'm writing a, f- a couple of uh, reviews for Andy. Yeah, man, we're, you're going to be well. uh, featured. So if you listen to this podcast, and you should, then you should definitely go check out the reviews you're going to For sure. Once again, man, thank you for coming on the pod. Of course, appreciate it. All right, guys. Um. Thank you for coming back to the pod. Um, I apologize once again for taking, I think I took two weeks off, but I'm back, guys, and uh, I'll see you guys next week. Peace.